You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. This is Jeff, and you're listening to episode 28, As I Imitate Christ. As we encourage our students uh, to step out in faith for what God has for them, uh, whether it's college, a career, or even pursuing a call of ministry, it's good for us to uh, help them think about um, their gifts and abilities and where their heart is, maybe for a certain people group, um, for a certain topic, um, and to help them think about what God could do for them. Uh, of course, being realistic and practical are always um, helpful. However, I feel like we play it safe a little too often when it comes to guiding students and encouraging them to step out in faith to see what God has for them in their life. Uh, my guest today will help me talk about that with her own journey. She is Rebecca Carroll. Rebecca is a morning host for KCBI, a Christian radio station, and she is also pursuing her Master of Theology degree at Dallas Theological Seminary. Uh, we have a great conversation about uh, where God has us, why He has us there, and what it looks like to step out in faith, uh, especially among the mixed messages we might receive from people that we know and everyone else that we might interact with. So, Let's go ahead and hop into that conversation with Rebecca. Rebecca, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast with me today. Uh, if you could, uh, give us a little intro to who you are and what you're up to these days. Yeah, thank you, Jeff, for having me. I'm really honored to be here. So I'm kind of a dinosaur in the Dallas-Fort Worth <laughs> area. I started, <laughs> I started in radio back in 1998. And don't even tell me what you were doing back then because okay, that's just mean. That's just mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I started in radio in 1998 and uh, started morning radio in 2001. And so that means I have been waking up at 3.30 since 2001. That explains the bags under my eyes. And it's all good. We're fine. But um, I've loved it. I've loved every bit of it. And I've been in Christian radio now since 2011. Got a call, felt like I got a call from the Lord to um, go into ministry in 2009. And then we made that break from the country radio station where I was working in 2011. I am married to um, my wonderful husband, Mike. I've got two sweet kids, Caitlin. Well, I say sweet. They're most of the time they're sweet. Uh, Caitlin and Nick. Caitlin is 14 and a freshman in high school, and Nick is 13 and a seventh grader this year. So when I'm not being wife and mom, and when I'm not on the air at 90.9 KCDI, I am a student at Dallas Theological Seminary. And so in the midst of all of the fun and games, I'm also taking Greek right now. So there's that. Oof. Yeah, definitely not described as fun or games, uh, <laughs> but necessary. Yes, uh, that is a big reason why I did not do the THM is linguistics and I just don't get along. And you there's other, yeah. Shows wisely. <laughs> it oh. is the challenge of my life. 
whenever I tell people I went, I went to seminary, I say I got just enough training to be an expert in dodgeball. So I can work. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, no, I, I really commend you. That That is something that is huge. You know, when I had uh, friends who would go get an MDiv, that is a lot. But when I really learned about uh, the DTS 120-hour Master of Theology, I'm like, who the heck can do this? And I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I, I really... Uh, commend people for even attempting it, but definitely going through it. So that is awesome. Well, we'll we'll see when I get out on the other side. So save that until yes, there is <laughs> another it. side. Yeah, I am proof you can graduate. Okay, okay. you, you live, graduate. So. Okay, yes. it's encouraging. You can do it. You can do it. Um, have your friends and family just drag you across the finish line. <laughs> Trust me, you can do it. That's what it's going to be. Well, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, we'll be talking about pursuing your call by faithfully following Jesus. Uh, We are constantly learning and relearning how to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind while loving our neighbor as ourselves, as Jesus summed up the law. Uh, The reason why I said relearning is because as we enter different seasons of life filled with new opportunities for our family life, career, education, the breadth of our experience reveals needed areas of growth and humility. Uh, this is perhaps one of the more, if not the most difficult aspect of following Jesus to get our students to grasp as they graduate and move forward in life. Uh, God takes us many places, introduces us to many people who need to hear about the transforming power of the gospel. But can we humble ourselves and step out in faith to follow where he leads? Um, So, Rebecca, let's look at where God uh, had you and moved you to become a morning show host on KCBI uh, to pursue a Master of Theology at Dallas Seminary. Um, Looking back now, how do you think God was leading you to become a leader while also becoming a student? Yeah, it's it's a really interesting journey for sure, Jeff. Um, so I started my radio journey in 1998 working in country music. And so, you know, maybe some of your students are familiar with 99.5 The Wolf or 96.3 KSCS. I worked at both radio stations. And I also grew up in a church-going home. I would not say I grew up in a Jesus-centric home, if that makes any sense. We went to an Episcopal church um, and, you know, we we went every Sunday and my parents were involved in the church, but church was more something we did during, you know, on, on Sundays rather than a family we were a part of. And so when I moved down to Texas in 1998, it wasn't too long after that when a friend invited me to go to church with her and it was uh, a Bible church. I didn't even know there was any such thing. It had a rock band where I was used to a pipe organ and, uh, it, it just really awoke in me, um, it it just ignited a fire in me and I felt like I had been missing something my whole upbringing. And so that was when I started to really study the Bible. I had been reading the Bible since seventh grade, just front to back, front to back, front to back. But I started to really study the Bible, got involved in Bible studies. And very slowly through that journey of just growing closer to the Lord through the study of his word, I started to feel like there was maybe something more for me. And the funny thing is, is that I actually had the job I had wanted 
when, you know, everybody asks kids, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they say all these crazy things. And then no one is ever, you know, hardly ever what they think they were going to be when they were a kid. Right. I, I actually was like, I wanted to work at a radio station. I wanted to work in country music. I wanted to be the girl on the morning show. And so I was doing all those things. And what I was discovering more and more is that they just were not delivering on all of the promises that I thought they had made. I mean, I thought once I got to be on a morning show, like, oh my goodness, what else could I want? You know, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I've got kids, I'm on a big morning show. And it was so empty. And so in 2009, I went through a season of almost an identity crisis, but also it it was colored by a season of um, almost crippling anxiety and depression. Mm. And I got to a place where I really didn't think there was that there was any reason to keep going. I, everything I had wanted in my life, I, God had graciously given it to me and it, and it was empty. And so I talked, I had a conversation with Mike, my husband, and he brought something up. He said, you know, when we met, you were like this crazy girl, you know, you drove this little convertible and you lived in this loft in uptown and you had this cool job, but all you ever wanted to talk about was the Bible and you were always journaling and you were always Bible studying and I'd call you and what are you doing? And you're like, I just read this in Isaiah. You know, he said, I never (laughs) met anyone like that. And it's true. I mean, I was just crazy about God's word, but then we had two kids in two years, you know? And so um, that was just very, very challenging. That was a real challenging period in my life. And he said, you know, I haven't seen you journaling. I haven't seen you Bible studying in a really long time. You know, why don't you just go get a notebook and start back up? And so I did. And I, I started journaling my way through the New Testament. And I was just reintroduced. I don't want to say reintroduced, but, you know, maybe I was. I, I was reminded of the love that God has for us that actually has nothing to do with my performance or where I work or what I look like, or what I weigh, or whether or not I have a boyfriend or a husband, you know, all these things that our society tends to tell us, you know, we need X amount of followers before we can really be happy, all these lies. Mm -hmm. And I just started to find this deep soul satisfaction simply by sitting in the presence of God. And it was probably about a year after that, that I really started to sense the Lord was calling me into ministry, but I didn't know what it would look like. And I didn't know if we could afford for me to lose my job or to leave my job because we had built our marriage on two incomes. And uh, finally, my husband came to me and he's so many times been the voice of wisdom, you know, and and the Lord's mouthpiece in my life. And he said, "I, I really feel like the Lord wants you to leave you know, KSCS. And I I really believe that we are supposed to just walk out in faith. And so we made that decision in 2011. And my plan at that time was to start taking seminary classes at Dallas Seminary. I had gotten accepted. Um, But, you know, you leave a job and then you look at what it costs to go to seminary. And that was not adding up at the moment. And so uh, I just entered into this season of self uh, just self-study, but reading everything I could get my hands on, listening to everything I could get my hands on, commentaries and sermons and anything I could find. 
And uh, shortly after, uh, still in 2011, 90.9 KCBI called me because they had heard that the morning show girl from KSCS had left her job to go into ministry. And so they just thought there was a little story there and they interviewed me for this news program. And then um, the <laughs> the general manager hired me. So it it came at a time where I was really trying to figure things out. It was really confusing to me. I didn't want to take the job right away because I was so certain the Lord had called me out of radio. He had actually called me out of KSCS and he had called me into ministry. I just didn't realize at that time that radio could be ministry. And then it was maybe a couple years after that that I met uh, Sue Edwards, who you may have had in the in um, at, for a, a professor at Dallas Seminary, and she was on the admissions board at DTS, and just kept bugging me, you know, just you can do a class at a time. Why aren't you doing a class at a time? You owe it to yourself to strengthen these gifts and sharpen these skills, and and so I I. Um, enrolled. And here we are five years later. I'm um, just really my, my policy with the Lord is an open door policy. You know, Lord, you open a door. And so long as you make it clear that it's you who is opening it, I will walk through it. Very cool. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That That's a really great example of what I feel like students have heard and, and, and need to hear. And they might hear it and think, okay, well, I don't have a husband who could be that mouthpiece or I'm not sure I could have that. And really, it's what you mentioned um, several times. It's stepping out in faith. Uh, and, you know, wherever students go to college, wherever they're facing here at home, um, you know, I've had some students over the years ask me about what's it take to be a missionary or get involved in ministry. And, you know, I say, well, you know, you can do training, you need to make connections and all these kind of things you need to do fundraising but also um, a big part of that is are you going to trust that God is going to provide or are you going to be like well that's not a sure thing so I'm just going to take this job and I'm not happy with it but it's a paycheck and maybe God does want you to do that as well but um, you need people around you um, who can say you know I see this strength in you or I see this desire that you have and I think you need to just go for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'll say this too. You know, God is the God of all possible outcomes. That's something my friend Jen Wilkins says, and I've stolen it because it's brilliant. But God <laughs> is the God of all possible outcomes. And that means what looks like a big mistake or a failure, or I went to the wrong school, you know, what looks like a big mistake to you, God absolutely will take that and use it for your betterment. And so I like to think of God's will as straight, but wide. And and God's biggest desire for our lives is, is less about the specific job we take, the specific direction we go, and more about, am I being faithful where I am? Am I listening for the Lord's voice where I am? And God wants to guide you. I mean, His Bible is His Word filled with guidance and direction and comfort. And so your Heavenly Father is never going to leave you in alone, alone in the middle of what you think might be a mistake or something like that. I mean, there is, He will use 
anything and everything you go through, um, if not immediately later in your life. I mean, I, I never could have dreamed that um, I wanted to be in radio back when I was 10 years old so that God could ultimately use it in ministry. I mean, I just liked country music. So, <laughs> you know, so God, God's will is it's straight, but it's wide. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. His timing is not our timing. And most often his, our solutions are not his solutions. Right. So for sure. Um, so while the public and Christian spheres of dialogue uh, are now much more nuanced than they used to be regarding women in certain roles, um, it's probably fair to assume that the prominent view within evangelicalism is that women don't really have a need for the rigorous seminary degree that you're earning. Uh, maybe being a foreign missionary, a Bible translator, or perhaps a professor for women's ministry or family ministry are probably what, so, what those same evangelicals would say are valid reasons for it. But I think the stigma uh, is, is still there. Um, also, sometimes Christian radio stations can receive criticism for simply regurgitating uh, holy and heavenly platitudes, if you will, instead of really getting into the deeper, more realistic content. Um, so, Rebecca, what kind of pushback have you received from people who might hold those opinions on women in education or certain roles uh, and hosting a Christian morning show? And how mm-hmm. have you responded and grown in those experiences? Yeah, that's a really good question. I was really, really fortunate to be the oldest of three daughters to two parents who said, sky's the limit as far as what we want to do, where we want to go, what we want to be. So I really and truly, I'm not kidding. I did not know gender discrimination was a thing until I moved to the South. So as far as in a church setting, I I mean, I never wanted to be a pastor or anything like that, but I grew up in an Episcopal church where women would preach. And so that was not unfamiliar to me that we moved down here and, uh, or when my husband and I got married, he grew up Methodist. So for a time we went to a Methodist church where women would preach. So it really wasn't until I got into Southern evangelicalism, I'll say that I, I really knew that was a thing. And so to, you know, if you are right now wondering, you're thinking about seminary or you're thinking about a leadership role in the church and and you're worried about what people might say if you're a female, I would say Jesus heartily disagrees. And to say that a woman shouldn't get a seminary education, I, I believe that Jesus would absolutely degre- uh, disagree. You know, if you read in... Um, Uh, the gospel is the story of Mary and Martha. Jesus told Mary that she had chosen the better thing. Now, what's funny about that was the society said that Martha had chosen the better thing because here's all the disciples do like a big pop-in, you know, and as a mom that feeds a family, like the pop-in makes me very nervous because I don't keep food for 12 people in the fridge. I keep food Mm -hmm. for four people in the fridge. And so here come Jesus and the 12 disciples and they're invading Mary and Martha's house and they're, you know, and Martha. Martha's running around like, okay, someone's going to have to kill a cow. Who's going to kill the cow? You know, Mary should be helping. But instead, she has taken the posture of a seminary student. She is sitting with the men at the feet of Jesus, which is a classroom setting in this um in this uh, context, in this um, in this culture, at this time yeah. period, 
And Jesus says that Mary did the better thing. And when you look at Paul's ministry, it is filled with women. I mean, Priscilla and Aquila led one of the churches when um, Paul and I can't remember who he was with. It was probably Barnabas at that time when he went to Philippi. It was Lydia and a group of women that were sitting and singing and worshiping the Lord because there weren't enough Jewish men to gather, and you need at least 10 for a synagogue. So um, women had had risen to the occasion and were leading the worship and delivering messages. And it was in Lydia's house that the first European church was planted. So I, I think if... Um, if anyone were to tell you that women, you know, have no business in leadership or in prominent roles in ministry or in seminary study, they're going to be hard pressed to prove that in the Bible. So, um, on that note, I am a just a, I, I should be a full time recruiter because I'm very passionate yeah. about people getting the training because you want to be the best you can be at whatever it is you decide to be. Mm-hmm. Get all the training you can, do whatever you do with excellence, especially when it comes to something as important as sharing the gospel. And then you asked about radio and is there any any pushback? Um, There's always pushback when you are a female in the South on the air giving spiritual truths. (laughs) Mm. So is it there? Yes, it is. Um, Does it bother me? You can't be in radio for, I think I'm close to 22 years now without developing a really, really thick skin. So I... I do have the assurance of the Lord and my husband and my boss that I am in the right place at, at this time. And so I, I feel like I get the affirmation from the people that matter. Uh, and I love what we do at KCBI because we are not um, a radio station that does God nods. You know, we're we're not the cheerleader, the Christian cheerleader radio station. You know, uh, just today we had a conversation about alcoholism on the air, and so we really do get to the heart of the deep issues that are common to people. We we don't try to make everything pretty all the time and act like everything's great all the time because hi, look around you, nothing's great. You know, I mean anxiety depression, going through the roof, suicide, unprecedented um, rates. And so we we really believe in meeting people where they are. Jesus had a habit of meeting people at their deepest point of pain. And we love to laugh. We love to be silly. We love to have fun. But we also are not afraid to convict. We're not afraid to tackle really difficult things and, and talk about um, how we believe the Bible addresses it. Very cool. Yes, I definitely... Uh, latch on to the statements you made about um, depression and anxiety. Um, I saw a stat yesterday um, that in the last 10 years, the teen suicide rate has jumped 50%, I believe. Yeah. Um, We went through that this summer at our house. One of my mm -hmm. kids spent a week in a hospital for suicidal ideations. So we are no stranger to that. It is real and it is devastating. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, um, we're doing great now, but it's, so I just, if you are feeling that way, I have walked where you're walking. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely um, touched our church and ministry and um, unfortunately more so over the last 
few few years so i can um resonate with that stat unfortunately and you know um i've mentioned this ad nauseum so if you've listened to several of my other episodes you're like ah oh, again but um you know uh technology in a lot of ways has been causal in that especially for generation z uh so the students that are in our classrooms our, our youth rooms around the country um and for adults even when you look at the uh, up and down waves of anxiety and depression and all that and, and loneliness, uh, they start to go up at an exponential rate. And the point that they do it at is 2007, which is when the iPhone came out. Wow. And then when you surprised. see social media, we see other things that incline gets so steep so quickly and any uh, doctor sociologist will, will tell you that our brains we're not made for that much change that quickly. And so the resulting thing is that, you know, uh, there are teenagers and students now who publicly interact like they would with someone on social media because the development of social cues hasn't had the full natural needed time to develop. And, uh, you know, teachers are, are, are noticing that youth workers are, are, are noticing that. And, uh, you know, trying to meet students where they are at is important. You know, I have a weekly uh, online gaming program with a lot of my students who are doing stuff, guys and and girls. Um, but at the same time, you know, the whole being in the world but not of the world, which is what Jesus said twice uh, in his high priestly prayer. But also in between that, he said, you know, Father, don't take them out of this world, but protect them from the evil one. So we're called to still be here. It's not like, well, heaven's coming, so I'm just going to hang on. And, you know, we were given this world to steward it well, steward his creation. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, to love God and to love others. And, uh, you know, loving others also means confronting them (laughs) when things aren't healthy, when they need help and they can't recognize it or they don't want to recognize it. Um, And, you know, just being with, students especially um and trying to guide them toward you know what are you taking in right are you just consuming or are you creating and what are you creating you know where does it come out of uh are you just copying what you're seeing online you know how much of what you're posting online is real how much of that is filtered which is probably most of it for everyone um and so trying to be real and authentic i feel like has been as big a tool in my ministry bag um, as commentaries and everything else. Because when students see adults and leaders struggling, when they hear the leaders talking about counseling, when they um, talk about, you know, hey, you know, I've been doing ministry for, for this long, but I'm kind, of, I'm kind of wrestling with this passage and I'm not sure if I trust that God is good in this scenario. And people are like, what? And, you know, and that kind of stuff is needed for our students to be able to see, to see that we're not robots. We don't flip on a switch and we're like, Jesus is good all the time, right? Like it, it takes us being authentic for our own mental and emotional health, but also for us to be constantly transformed because we're not done. We're not fully mature. Uh, we're still growing. We're always growing. And we just happen to have more experience, uh, more mornings and, and nights behind us so we can um, bring people along with us on the ride. And I, I love that, um, that imagery, and which is why I love our church's mission statement is moving together into the remarkable mm-hmm. love of Jesus Christ. So you could be 
80 years old, you could be 30, um, you could be at different levels of education and experience, but we're all moving toward um, the hope in Christ of him returning, of restoration, of no more sickness, no more pain, right? So um, and uh, that's, that's a real example that we need. And so it's good to share stories of hardship, you know, and not, not just for like when I was 13, um, someone would come in and say, you know, I've shared a big hardcore testimony of drugs and alcohol and violence, every, which, which is fine. But um, I feel like some of my friends and I were given the example sometimes of you have to have a real hardcore story to right. have a good testimony. Right. The fact that we've moved from death to life is powerful enough for a good testimony. <laughs> it um, is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Unfortunately, I have a big splashy testimony like that, but the testimonies that are the sweetest to me, you know, is is watching my daughter. You know, I mean, she really has grown up with no less difficulty than anyone else. I mean, now the big things, you know, her parents are still together. Her father and I love each other very much. So we have a, a um, stable home in, in that respect, but that doesn't, that doesn't make you okay because we're broken on the inside. And her testimony is simply one of, I was lost and now I'm found. You know, I, I was just kind of going through the motions, but now I mean it and it's amazing and it's authentic. And, and one of the things you said, Jeff, that is really, I think, very profound and deserves repeating is the need for authenticity. Because I will tell you with two Gen Zers running around in my house right now, and I work with a bunch of millennials, you know, who are in their early 20s and go to school with a bunch more millennials who are in their later 20s, you know, y'all can sniff it out when we are not being authentic or transparent and you're not standing for it. And so what that does is it forces us, you know, I'm a gen, what am I? A gen Xer, you know, it forces my generation to live honestly. And it, 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 um, lowers the bar. Like there's not this bar of perfection because you all know how hard it is. You all know how broken you are and you're not looking for people to tell you what to be. You're looking for people to walk alongside you on this journey. And that's the Christian life. You know, a burden share, a burden carried is a burden share, or a burden shared is a burden carried. And and I, I just think that I have so much hope when I look at Gen Z and you know the high schoolers and middle schoolers, even college students, because you are all forcing us into an authentic lifestyle that that I don't think the baby boomer generation had. And quite honestly, I think it is it is Christ-like. Yeah, I um I really see that too. And and I think it's as with any good and necessary step that's worth it, I think it's also adds a degree of, of, of difficulty in that. Um, yeah, just uh, there's, there's a lot there with Christians and, and culture and authenticity. I mean, uh, Dr. Andy Root, who I had on my podcast a little while back, uh, he had a recent episode in his podcast, uh, which he mentions in his book called We're in the Age of Authenticity. And you mm. just spelled it out, right? You know, being real and uh, being real with your stories um, and, and unfortunately, it's also t- taken a twist to my truth. What is my truth? What is your truth? All right. And so that, that kind of post-truth culture, uh, you know, it's where Christians are called to step into that and say, you know, we each have our own experiences and those should be validated for sure. But, you know, 
we've we've gone from uh kind of a group a group mentality to you know an american individualized uh mindset to now something that's even more individualized if that's even possible and it becomes narrow it becomes an an echo chamber with every single person not just within like a, a small group and so, you know, as with anything that is under the sun, it's corrupted by evil and by sin. And it's good stuff that needs to be um, explored um, and talked about. But, you know, it's, uh, it's also kind of difficult um, with, with students. And uh, yeah, there's just a lot there. Like I'm thinking about 15 different things we could talk about. But uh, <laughs> We you don't know. have to open the can of worms, yeah. but we can acknowledge that the can of worms is there and it's full. <laughs> it is absolutely there and full. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, well, uh, so in that same note uh, and light, uh, following Jesus is the most difficult pursuit in life. And not because everything is horrible all the time. It's the most difficult because those who do it are called to deny themselves every waking second. Uh, there are also various pressures from people or culture that causes the difficulty to grow exponentially, not to mention our own selfish hearts, of course. Moreover, there are some people who face more challenges than, other, than others, and women certainly fall in that category. Um, so, Rebecca, what would you say to a room of teenagers, probably women specifically, about pursuing what God has for them in the midst of of those pressures or even our current pressures that we have uh, with the pandemic, with the election, with polarization, with online filtering, you know, how would you encourage them to pursue what God has? Right. So I, I will tell you this as you're listening, that you've got, you've got people like me who are going before you, who are fighting very hard so that you don't face these same pressures and the same stigmas and the same inequalities. It is better for us than it was for our parents, and it will be better for you than it was for us. So be encouraged in that. But I will tell you this. I did things my way for a very long time. And God, in his graciousness, gave me all of the big things on my prayer list. So all of those, I call them if-onlys, right? So all of the if-onlys you might have, if I only had um, 10,000 followers on Snapchat, if I only had a boyfriend, if I only had a thinner body, if I only had a better this or a, you know whatever it is, I will tell you that that thing cannot and will not satisfy you. Because what tends to happen is you get that thing, whatever it is, you get the boyfriend, okay? And then um, a week later, someone else has a cuter boyfriend or it, it's something else. It's just the bar keeps moving. It's like the brand new iPhone is only cool until the next iPhone comes out. And then that's the one you have to have when in reality, they're almost exactly the same. <laughs> so I will tell you that the only way to find any kind of soul satisfaction, soul peace, soul rest, soul, soul fulfillment is in doing what God has created you to do. And you can do it the hard way. You can try all the things and do all the things and take all the left turns when you're supposed to go right, but you will end up frustrated and angry and depressed and anxious 
Or you can decide today that you want to live the life God has for you, which is not going to be easy. Nothing in life worth anything is easy, but you will have peace. You will have joy. You will have the supernatural presence and power of God in your life. And you will be doing what you were created to do. And I just, with everything in me, I would beg you, I would beg you to do that today and not wait until you are in your late 20s or early 30s to try and figure things out. God has a plan and you have a role in it. And it's better than your plan for yourself. I promise. I never dreamed. I mean, my my testimony is so long. I never dreamed I would be where I am today. Never wanted to be in ministry. Never wanted to be a speaker. Never wanted to do a podcast show. Never wanted to go to, back to school. But I will tell you that I have so much joy in these things. There is so much fulfillment in these things. Um, and it's simply because I am doing what the Lord has called me to do. And so no matter what it looks like for you, go where the Lord calls you to go and do what the Lord calls you to do. That is the only way to have any kind of purpose and fulfillment and joy in life. It just is. And you know what? Don't worry about being a woman or being an underdog or anything. That's for the Lord to figure out. You know, those there's some battles in life that are yours to fight. And there are some battles in life where you really can rest on the promise where the Lord says, you know, you only need to be still. I will go before you. I will fight this for you. And, and I really believe that if the Lord has called you to something, the burden of building that is totally on him. It's not on you. It's on you to walk forward in faith. But the burden of building that thing and doing that thing and resourcing that thing, that is that is the Lord's business. And so you do your thing. You step out in faith and trust that the Lord will do his. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, well, I loved having you on the podcast today. Um, could you tell us uh, and everyone listening um, where uh, we can find you online? We can hear you on the radio and anywhere else um, that you're writing stuff or speaking um, that people can follow up. Yes. With. Absolutely. So um, I will tell you that I am on all the social media. Well, I am not on all the social medias because I will not do Snapchat. I don't understand it and I don't want to. And so someday when my kids get on get on it, I will. But today I'm not on it. I am on a, I am on Instagram and you can just search my name, Rebecca Ashbrook Carol, but Carol is spelled funny, C-A-R-R-E-L-L. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Facebook and it's all the same. All three are just Rebecca Ashbrook Carol. Um, I don't think teenagers should be on social media, but if you find me and follow me, just let me know that you, you know, heard me on this podcast and, and I'd love to get to know you a little bit. Um, I speak all over the Dallas Fort Worth area. I travel a little bit, but mostly my ministry is limited to Dallas Fort Worth. I'm on 90.9 KCBI from uh, really from uh, 5.30 to 8.30, and then we're on again from 10 to noon. And then I do a podcast called Honest Conversations, where we look at tough topics through a biblical lens, and we we really tackle all of it. So um, I would love to interact with you on any of those platforms. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, anything I could ever help with. 
Very cool. Awesome. Yes, she does speak. Uh, I first saw her speak at one of my students' graduations. Oh, um, yeah. So, that's right. Yeah. And I'm I like, hey, she's familiar. I think she's on the, oh, she's on the radio. Yeah. Um, yes. That so absolutely. That was a sweet graduation. Yes. I was drenched from that massive rainstorm. Oh my goodness. <gasps> That's right. Oh. I forgot about that. Oh. oh, it was very, very rainy that day. Soaked. Yes. Yes. Soaked. I'm glad I wore all my nice clothes. That was, that was good. <laughs> glad I wore my hair down because, yeah. you know, your girls will know what I'm talking about. They'll yes. Talking about. Oh, ab- absolutely. <laughs> Frizz. Terrible. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Rebecca. And uh, I'll be praying for you as God uh, uses you in your platform, your talents, your abilities, uh, your education at, at DTS um, to make uh, a way for women and men and people who need to hear Jesus uh, in this world and just to advance the kingdom. Thank you so much for hopping on with me. Thank you for having me. Huge honor, truly. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again to Rebecca for hopping on with me. Uh, In the show notes, you will see links to her page for her morning show and also her website. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. And certainly share this episode with women who are pursuing a call in ministry and anyone else who thinks, man, I don't have what it takes for what God has for me. If God calls you to do it, he will empower you to do it. He will encourage you by friends and family around you, and we just need to trust Him in faith. Uh, You can see every episode, a bio of every guest, along with some partnership and networking organizations in youth ministry on my website, youthministrymaverick.com. We are also on social media, so follow us on there. If you have any input for what you would like to hear on the show, please let me know. I love hearing from my listeners And we will get that on there so we can have relevant content and dialogue for you and your ministry. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, adios.